the Joe Rogan Experience. Train by day, Joe Rogan podcast by night, all day. Trevor Valle. <laughs> Welcome, buddy. How's it going, man? Good, good man. When we were, I, I sometimes when people sit down and you know you just start talking, you're like, shit, shit, stop talking. We got to record. Um, Trevor's a paleontologist, and explain to me the job site thing. Like when someone's digging, you so, have to, you they they need a paleontologist on site in certain places. Uh, well, it it all depends on on really where you are. So here in the state of California, we have a. Uh, uh, a, a law called CEQA. It was started in 1970, and that mandates mandates that any archaeological or paleontological stuff, so like dead bodies of of you know early Californians or glassware, all the way up to woolly mammoth bones or not woolly mammoth but mammoth bones, saber tooth cats, stuff like that, or even older, has to be mitigated. They have to be protected. So. My job right now, I work work for a company called SWCA, Environmental Consultants. We go out and we make sure that the glassware and the fossils and the bones and all that that get found by 40-ton excavation machines when they're building new hotels in downtown. Wow. So, yeah, I'm standing next to things that could very easily kill you. So when they do that, how do they keep from fucking something up? Like, what when they're digging in, is it just dumb luck? That oh, no, like they, they, they fuck stuff up. That's how God. we find it. Because so, we, we don't have x-ray vision. I can't, like, look in the ground and go, right. hey, there's a whale there. Um, so the bulldozers going by, the excavators scooping stuff up. And you're and just then, scrambling to check? Yeah. Wow. It's like, it... it it digs this big hole, dumps it over. I'm looking in the hole and I'm looking over at the spoil pile where they're mounding everything up and trying to hop back and forth. And all of a sudden you hear this sickening crunch and you're like, Oh, you wave everybody off. And there's like this bone sticking out and you sweep it away. And I'm like, Oh crap, it's a mammoth. Okay. And, and then I shut the shot. I shut down. the job site down. Did they get mad at you? Oh yes. Really? Yeah. What's like the biggest thing you found and how pissed were they? Um, <laughs> I can't say exactly where, but somewhere here in Los Angeles, uh, I was part of a team. So the job site I was working on, they found a whale. A whale? A fossil whale, a five million year old whale. Whoa. Where there's no water right now. Holy shit. So think like downtown LA, whale. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's why, five, how long? Five million years yeah, old? about five million years old. Holy fuck. Like we were finding shark's teeth and stuff like that hanging around. Um... And the the owner of the company was uh, the the owner of the uh, the uh, construction company the the forgot what their name is uh, supervisor mm-hmm. um, the general contractor uh, he's like oh you're just finding teeth I'm like well you know where you find really big shark teeth you occasionally find their food and they ate whales he's like oh you won't about three weeks later oh yep look whale rib cage wow the yep. whole rib cage yeah. So how big is that? Five million um, year old whale. Uh, the jacket's about three quarters the size of this table. A jacket. Yeah. Um, sorry. I'm like thrown out terms. We wrap uh, fossils in plaster to protect it because right. we're taking the dirt out with them so we can prep it later. So I'm going to like take out hammers and chisels in about a month and try and work all of the bones out of this big block of dirt. So we wrap plaster around it. We call it plaster jacketing. Oh. So we put all that on there. And so, yeah, it's about three quarters the size of this table. I mean, it's like 19, 20 ribs, like three or four verts, some other random bones. We don't know what it is. And what makes like some of it stay in the dirt and the rest of it deteriorate? Like what's the... 
dumb luck. Just dumb luck. Yeah, wow. absolute dumb luck. It's uh, we get a lot of. Uh, you know, paleontology, it's still a young science. It started in the 1800s in England, pretty much. Before really? That, yeah, before that was natural philosophy. Natural philosophy? Natural philosophy. Like, wow. So, uh, like, in the 1860s, when Darwin released uh, Origin of the Species, his big book on evolution, he was saying, oh, you know, we don't have that many things in the fossil record because paleontology was still new. Like three years later, they found Archaeopteryx, that big, that big uh, lizard bird. Yeah, Archaeopteryx early bird. They found that, and then everyone went nuts. It's like, oh crap! Look, evolution, fossils. This is awesome. So it was this huge uptick in in study, and now it's one of the. I mean, Ross on Friends was a paleontologist. <laughs> How many people do you know saw Jurassic Park or Ten Thousand BC and all that? Yeah. Paleontology, we're kind of getting into a getting into its own swing again. It's kind of cool right now. It's, we're kind of cool right now. We've got piercings. We're covered in tattoos. We're yeah. kind of we're cool people. You're a hipster. You could you could easily be like a chef somewhere or a comic. Right. Well, it, I've I've seen that. Uh, I have a lot of visible tattoos. I'm wearing jeans today, but I'm like I've got them all over my legs too, and they're all like science, either science or geeky. Oh, cool. And I've seen chefs with like spatulas, yeah, and, like, carrots, a and minor minor like fossil shark teeth and saber-toothed cats yeah what is that a turtle the top oh, one oh is it's a, a frog type thing uh, it's a horn lizard oh yeah it's uh my favorite horn lizard it's uh the regal horn lizard from the desert southwest i'm a nerd man <laughs> i'm a total i'm, I'm the a, world needs nerds yeah, it's I'm important a, i love nerds legos transformers lizards you know that's where you lost me you lost me with transformers i never got that oh, no. fucking goofy ass robots are turning the cars fuck off <laughs> but good, the nice. uh, <laughs> so when you find like a giant rib cage of a whale how do you know when to stop looking how do you know like we found like five or six bones how do you know i think we got it all when the bones run out we stop and then we dig underneath but sometimes when we dig underneath to like pop what we think is everything out mm -hmm. we find more and then we have to go down and then wow. one jacket can turn into five so do you have time constraints like when you press that red button you shut it down no nope. do you could go on for years yeah if it's big enough yeah wow do you ever worry about getting assassinated <laughs> like i would think like um, these fucking assholes that build parking structures you know, and they're they, like, they you know, can be uh, seriously, man. They can be dicks. Do they pull you in a room with a cigar smoking asshole? <laughs> no, they don't. They we we close down the site, so right? they can't even get near us unless we let them. Wow. Yeah, I mean, at that we limit it to foot traffic only, and we're the first ones in and the last ones out during the day because we need to make sure everyone else is gone, so nothing happens to the. Because we're also we're safeguarding whatever it is we find what's like the most adamant that anybody's ever gotten with you about keeping a, a job site open um the other week i was uh working an archaeological site and a guy yelled at me because i was trying to salvage an 1800 sears catalog that was buried in sand and uh yeah he was getting kind of savage with me he's like you're stopping my guys for fucking piece of trash i'm like i'm sorry man this is a datable catalog that has hand illustrated things in it and it's necessary from the 1800s yeah he couldn't see that that's kind of cool nope i was getting i was getting the way of his excavator it's like wow so i closed that part of the site five feet of the site for three hours 
and he gave me lip. You're holding up my guys. It's trash. Wow. Like, dude, chill, man. Tra- trash from the 1800s is kind of cool, yeah, isn't it? It's like bottles and horseshoes. and <sighs> People have their own agenda. <laughs> People have their own agenda. Everybody has their own agenda. I've always been fascinated by the idea of a fossil because... When, when we started learning in school about the fossil record and started learning about fossils and now you look at something and it's actually not even the bone anymore. It's like the minerals have replaced the bone. Like I had a conversation with a friend of mine once about that. He had a um, um, megalodon tooth on his desk. Yeah, you've got one right there. Yeah, I found some in L.A. too. Oh, really? Yeah. In that, L.A.? That, the whale site I was talking about, uh-huh. we actually found meg teeth before that. Whoa. That's what I'm saying is like, yeah, when you find big sharks like that, you can find their food. Yeah, Megalodon in downtown LA. Is it Megalodon? Is that how you say it? Or is it Megalodon? Megalodon, Megalodon, your emphasis is on a different syllable. It doesn't, same thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's like nuclear and nuclear? No, that it's that's nuclear. It's that's spelled nuclear. <laughs> um, Don't you remember how Bush used to say? It? Oh yeah, <laughs> nur, nur, nu, nuclear, nuclear, nuclear. <laughs> yeah, nuclear it's bombs. Like, it's like uh, was it uh, California? when uh, Schwarzenegger used to say California. it. Yeah. California. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, the, I'm a scientist, not a politician. Huh. The bones, or the, the teeth, rather, when they, you see them and they're all black, I was trying to tell him, I go, that's not really the tooth. I go, that's sort of the minerals have kind of taken over where the tooth was. You're absolutely right. And he was like, no, it's a fucking tooth. I'm like, dude, no. it, it used to be a tooth. But that's why it's black. How many black teeth do you have? He's like, it's just fucking old. I'm like, I don't think it works like yeah. that. Mineralization, yeah. It, so all the calcium gets replaced by heavier minerals in the bone, the tooth, all that that's been, uh, it's been replaced. It's been petrified, just mm-hmm. like petrified wood. Still looks like wood. Right, but right, it weighs, right. You know, instead of weighing two pounds, it weighs 15. And it's, right. a, it's a fucking rock. It's cool looking. Yeah. Petrified but, wood is the weirdest shit ever. But the, let me tell you, man. I used to be that kind of paleontologist, and then I started working at the tar pits, and then I went to Siberia with these woolly mammoths. They're not petrified. Yeah, this is what they were saying in the press thing that I found so incredibly fascinating. Yeah. You're was, finding completely flat, flash-frozen animals. Yeah, there was skin, hair. Like, Whoa. I played with its lips. Wow. It had undigested food in you its stomach. You gotta be real clear when you say <laughs> played with. Like, yeah. Well, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Front... Mouth, yes, uh, yeah, yes. Um, but it's like, yeah, it had the the whole mouth structure was still there. The lower lip, the root of the tongue, the root, yeah, the so like the, where it connects, yeah, the base of the tongue where it connects in the back of the throat. Uh-huh. It, it was like still in this animal. It was an animal. It wasn't bones. It, yeah, it was creepy, man. Wow, I'd never dealt with something like that before. And how did it? How was it so well preserved? Did it fall into a glacier or something? Uh, we think uh, the way that it was preserved. I mean, you'll you'll see you'll you'll see in the show. Um, we only kind of have half of a mammoth because the top half has been exposed to weathering and all that, but the bottom half stayed in frozen mud and permafrost. So it probably got trapped in either a mud bank, a pit, something like that. And got stuck, died, got buried in snow. The whole thing froze. And then maybe the back end of it got eaten away. It got scavenged. Dogs came on and went, hey, look, free meat. Right. Yeah, you know, that, that kind of, it's just, it's crazy. I did a podcast with a guy named Randall Carlson. Have you ever heard of him? The name sounds familiar. He's an expert in, astro, um, in uh, asteroidal impacts. And Yeah, yeah. He was, t- oh, um, 
he had one um, example of a woolly mammoth that died almost instantly. And he believes that the impact of some sort of a large body, like, killed this thing. And not, not just killed it, but broke its back, like, upon impact. Like, so just some massive impact, like you know, X amount thousands of years ago, they think like 12 plus thousand years ago. Whoa. Yeah. And he had, uh, he had actually, he had photos of it, right? He had photos of the, the woolly mammoth and it's broken position and they had found it very similarly. It was like very well preserved and, uh, sort of permafrozen. Weird. Yeah. I would think something falling from space and then falling from the sky at terminal velocity, if it's like a big rock, would mm -hmm. do more than just break something's back. Well, it depends you on, I guess, how close it is to the impact. Obviously, it just fucking oh. killed everything really close oh, to oh, it. Oh, oh, like an, it impacted nearby. Mm -hmm. and, okay. Yeah, and flattened forests. I, for some reason, I'm thinking like, you know, a, a meteor comes out of the sky and like hits the mammoth exactly. Well, you know that uh, site in Siberia, oh. the Tunguscu site? That oh, they, yeah. That yeah. flattened all the trees and all that. Yeah. Flattened everything for like some insane amount of thousands of acres. Yeah. And that was a meteor impact. Yeah. In the 19, early 1900s, right? 1908 or something, something like that. Something along those lines. Yeah. Um, well, he believes that you know, that one big one that we, we found is like a pittance in comparison to some something that hit around 12,000 years ago. And they think there's pretty significant evidence all over Asia and Europe in the form of... Uh, Nanodiamonds. Tritonite. Yeah, nanodiamonds and That's the, right. the nuclear yeah. glass stuff. Now I remember his name. Yeah. Um, there is, there's, there's evidence of that. Um, he did put forth a pretty solid hypothesis, but we're starting to find out we have, uh, n everything didn't go extinct right at that moment though. No, he's saying they were about 60% of all land mammals died off in that era. That's a large, that's a huge chunk, yeah. but woolly mammoths kept going. For how long? Uh, they were around until about 4,000 years ago. Whoa. Yeah. Woolly mammoths were living on Wrangell Island in Northeastern Siberia when the pyramids were being built in Egypt. Holy shit. And then we had pygmy mammoths on the on the Channel Islands. You can cruise the up to- The Channel Islands outside of LA? Yeah. Pygmy mammoths? Yeah, if you cruise up to the Natural History Museum at Santa Barbara, yeah, they, they have pygmy mammoths. They're related to another mammoth species we had in North America called the Columbian mammoth. Wow. Yeah. So That's amazing. When were they there? How long, how recently? Um, I think they went extinct about uh, not for for some reason like six to eight thousand years ago is this wow. sticking in my head yeah we had um eleven thousand five hundred years ago we still had saber-toothed cats roaming la yeah yeah that's crazy. so it's crazy. crazy stuff man saber-toothed cat is a weird fucking animal like what made that animal grow these huge fangs like that that was just in order to sink into the necks of its victims right mm -hmm. i mean that was entirely what it's for yeah they're basically knives yeah quick quick uh, quick and easy death and they say that like saber-toothed cats and even you know big cats that are alive today their their teeth can actually sense like where the jugular is their teeth can like as they sink in they can feel heartbeats through their teeth well I mean, you can too you can? Yeah, bite your bite your wrist. I'm not going to do that. I know, but I'm just saying. <laughs> um, have somebody bite your wrist, not me. Um, and you can actually, you can feel the pulsation. Cause In your mouth, yeah. like the sensitivity yeah. of your teeth. Yeah. I mean, you, you know how your teeth hurt when you're eating something cold or drinking something? You've got uh, nerve endings in right, it. Right, yeah. right, right. It makes it's sense. It's just theirs may have a larger nerve ending that uh, I'm not quite sure on cat, uh, cat tooth anatomy. 
but they may have just a larger nerve ending that allows them to feel uh, easier. Did you, so? Did you guys stumble upon any saber tooth cats? Uh, not in Siberia, no. No, I mean um, when you were doing like job sites in LA, like uh, when you well, found I, used to, I used to be the assistant lab supervisor at the at the La Brea Tar Pits. I ran oh. into cats all the time. Wow. Uh, I even dropped a skull of one on the floor accidentally. Oh no! When I was cleaning it, it shattered. And, yeah, I put it back together, kind of with glue. Yeah, just Did, how like, long did that take? About six months. Fuck. Yeah. One slip, six months of work. <sighs> yeah. Oh, my God. If you ever talk to a paleontologist and they say they've never broken, damaged, or otherwise, like, impacted a bone, they're lying. Those motherfuckers. Yeah. We've all done it. It happens. And yeah, it's like, I imagine. It, it's, you know, it happens, man. Yeah. You, you drop shit all the time. I mean, I almost fell down an ice cliff in Siberia, and uh, my friend got stuck uh, rappelling down one. and Stuck. It, yeah, you'll see. Yeah, you'll, for how long? Um, he wasn't stuck that long, probably about ten minutes. But uh, oh. um, so in the show, you'll see uh, Tim King. He's uh, like my co-host, like co-adventurer buddy. Um, we have to get down this ice cliff, and and it's a huge ice cliff. It's not like you know, oh, we're kind of going down from like the top of you know the top of Pierce College down to the street. No, this is a mountain of ice that we're rappelling down, dude. Fuck ice cliffs. That's all I have to say. <laughs> and yeah, the bank started eroding away and his rope jammed and he's dangling there and freaking out and panicking. And I'm like down at the bottom looking up going, why isn't he coming down? I'm trying to get him on radio and no one's, yeah, he got stuck. We, we both went into ice, ice caves. He got lost. Oh no. His light went out and he's got turned around and these caves were like minus 10 degrees. He doesn't have a backup light? No. What kind of shit is that? I don't, I don't know. How do you not have a backup light? I figure when you go into a nice cave, there's a few things you want to bring. One of them is a fucking backup light. Yeah, you'd you think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we we were with a whole film crew, but for you know, for narrative's sake, we you know, it was it was our expedition. He was getting me into Siberia, and I was going to you know do biopsies and discover mammoths and things like that. So. Like going into an ice cave, you think, oh no, I've got this great flashlight. It's in a Ziploc bag. It's this big bank of LEDs. I've got a little glow thing. I've got a camera that can see in the dark. And but no, light goes out, and you kind of panic a little. A little. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys are there. You're uncovering. How many of these mammoths are you uncovering that are in <sighs> such great condition? Well, we only got access to one, unfortunately. Um, but. Finding a mammoth carcass is actually pretty rare. You can find like a chunk of a mammoth that may have some hair or tissue like just falling out of a wall or something like that. More often than not, you find bones. Finding an intact or even mostly intact carcass, a whole body, is a really rare event. And we were lucky enough to just to get access to one of the newest ones. Because we kept striking out. We we're like, oh, we're going to go here and look for one. It's like, nope, didn't find it. Oh, well, there may be another one here. These tusk hunters, these guys that cut into the mountain just to find woolly mammoth tusks and sell them because elephant ivory is illegal. Mammoth ivory is not because the animal's already dead. Oh, I see. Yeah, so I mean, these guys, mammoth ivory is beautiful too. Yeah. It's got a weird sort of a tan quality mm -hmm. to it. Yeah. I've tan kind of that. like kind of almost chocolatey in some places. It's really pretty. People use it for things, right? For yeah. artwork and stuff. Yep. Artwork, they carve it. So a single tusk, Say you have a hundred pound tusk that is perfect quality. It's just like they pulled it out of an ice cliff. That thing uncut 
will be forty, fifty thousand dollars. Whoa! Yeah, yeah. There was an episode on uh, Life Below Zero where they were looking for mammoth tusks. Yep. They were looking for them in the side of uh, a mountain or a hillside mm-hmm. in Alaska. Yeah. Are they that common? Yeah, they're pretty common enough that there's an actual commodity and and an, and an entire uh, there's an entire economy based on it now. But if you find the tusk, it doesn't necessarily mean you'll find the body because a lot of times the body is rotted away. Right. Or, in, unfortunately, in our case, if they find the tusk, they don't care about the body. All they want is the tusk. When you think, and being a paleontologist, and you think about the fossil record, how many holes are there in it from animals that just simply did not get fossilized? Oh, we've got gaps all over it. But, um, like, like try, I mean, we've got 300, 400, 500 million-year-old, like, bacterial fossils. And then we have stuff that died last week. I mean, we have... On a long enough timeline, we have everything, but there are spaces because nothing, not everything fossilizes. Right, but like for every discovery like that Hobbit man they found. And, oh, and Floriensis. That, yeah. That's 10 years ago already. Yeah. That's so weird. I was just reading that on Twitter this morning, like in mm-hmm. the car here. I'm like, that's right. It's been 10 years since the weird Hobbit people. There's still some people that try to dispute that, but apparently they've been discredited. The, the, there was a guy who was trying to say that they, they were actually some form of Down syndrome children and that would... That's what accounted for the the deviation, but the, it seems like the consensus is no. You're dealing with a totally different species. Yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not that up on my uh, on my paleoanthro. Uh, it's like I'm I'm a kind of a hardcore paleontologist. We don't dig people. Um, we're kind of like loners and like dead animals more than. Uh, but what humans. if you found a person? I would freak out and call my boss. <laughs> oh, you you back up? Yeah, it's like nope. People. I I don't know. If you found like a heavy brown Neanderthal looking <laughs> motherfucker in there, you know <laughs> that would well that would rewrite write history and that would be cool to be part of it. But I'm actually not legally allowed to because I'm a paleontologist, not an archaeologist. If mm. I come across human remains, I stop the entire project. I call the coroner and my boss and then like a certified archaeologist comes out. It's very being an archaeologist and dealing with uh, people and tribal remains and all that in California. Very, very specific. And I know in Mexico City, they're constantly like digging for an apartment building or something like that. And they find like some huge pyramid structure that's been covered in dirt for thousands of years that nobody knew existed. Yeah. uh, My co-host, Tim, he's a Mesoamerican archaeologist. That's his Uh. deal. Um, I don't know if he's on that on that project. He's a teacher up north in Nor- in uh, NorCal, but it's the, yeah, that's his thing. The, so yeah, I I wish I knew more about the Floriensis uh, thing because stuff like that's fascinating. Where did we come from? And that's another one that was only I believe fourteen thousand years ago. It was alive, right? The the Floriensis. Yeah, Floriensis. I th- yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so, it was somewhere. Yeah. It was it was recently enough that it was like one of those whoa moments. Like whoa, right? There's a little person running around fourteen thousand years ago, right. three foot tall humans that were kind of chimp like, but not really, and they walked like people did. Right. That's a mind fuck, man. And then you've got you know, like Australopithecus. It's four and a half million years old, or yeah. Ardipithecus. It's like four point four, uh, whatever the whatever the current thing is. Yeah, I mean, uh, but you're right. We do have gaps all over the place, and occasionally they fill them. And occasionally we fill them. Like there's, we have a fifty five million year old timeline just of horse evolution alone, from when they used to be dog sized. Tiny little like horse-like animals with multiple toes on their on their uh, on their feet, all the way up to your modern horse uh, that's like huge single hoof. We have 
every transitional stage for 55 million years. Including those Budweiser horses? Yeah. yeah Clydesdales? Including the Clydesdales. Yeah. What happened with them? How did they grow hair on their feet? Is that some asshole decided to grow a, like a poodle? Yeah. It's just uh, when you get into things like that, like horse breeds, cat breeds, dog breeds, and all that, that's all human intervention. That's all artificial selection. Um, that's, hey, I like that horse because it's bigger, it can carry more, and it kind of looks more noble. So I'm going to breed that with the biggest female I have and then take their kids and breed them with the second biggest. And you just start, you know, you just start building this genetic pyramid of things that you like. And you're, you're naturally selecting the traits you want and artificial, or, uh, artificially selecting the traits you want and getting rid of the ones you don't. You don't like that color, I am only going to breed white horses. When you first started studying paleontology and you, you got into this subject, the subject of animals being someone actually actively changing the way an animal, that's got to be a very bizarre thing to try to conceptualize that someone took like, say like a wolf and turned it into a chihuahua mm -hmm. like that. That is really the, that's where they came from, right? Yeah. yeah. And this is only recently that's, discovered. That's like the last 50,000 years. God. Yeah. But it's only been recently proven that they all came from wolves, correct? Oh, yeah, genetically. Yeah, because yeah. you, can, you can take a wolf and um, they're... So wolves and dogs, common ancestor. Um, but then wolves, what more than likely happened was wolves have... Uh, you had kind of like this, this proto-wolf. Um, it was just Canis lupus. It was your normal everyday wolf. But you have a group of them that, see, we didn't domesticate wolves. Wolves domesticated us. They came in closer for fire and for, for warmth, for food, for protection. So if you kind of think about it, we, we were like giving scraps to these dogs and getting them to come, out, to come closer. But they're like, hey, I'm going to hang out with these people because they have a fire, I have food, and I can bark and let them know when things are coming. So if you think about it, they actually domesticated us. It was sort of a joint effort, no? Uh, maybe, maybe. <laughs> I, I, I occasionally like to knock humans down a couple. Yeah, you couple seem to err on the side of the animals. <laughs> Again, don't dig people. Um, so, say you have uh, one like small neighboring city has a big, a really big, <laughs> big bad wolf, and you have the second biggest. So they mate. And then the, your, those puppies are bigger. And then, oh, well, we don't want them as furry, so only keep, uh, only keep the shorter coat puppies and then breed them. And then, yeah, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I need really big dogs. Oh, no, I want a small dog that I can carry around because it's fashionable. Yeah, it's weird, man. Even all our food. Like, do you think a banana, you know, your normal everyday, you know, cool organic banana that you get, that's not, that's not a banana. A banana is this weird green thing with seeds in it. Yeah, it's yeah. We've been doing it ever since we stopped being nomadic and stopped the hunter gatherer lifestyle and started planting. We've been changing our own everything. Yeah, that's why people when they get angry about GMO foods, like well, everything you eat is a, <laughs> is modified. Yeah, it's like, do you mean lab GMO? Do you mean like gene spliced? Right. Do you mean what I what I call hip engineered or hippie engineering, farming engineering. It's like I'm going to make a honey crisp apple by grafting one brand of an apple or one breed of an apple to another one. Mm -hmm. That's GMO. 
Yeah. It's like we need to be very, you know, like brief segue. We need to be very clear on our labeling. Was it grown in a lab? Does it have fruit fly DNA in it? It's like, does it glow in the dark? No. Okay. It's still GMO, but it's not like some creepy, you know, <laughs> mixing right. chemicals, you know, God apple. Well, people just, they love to throw that around like organic, you know, it's like, right. I only eat organic. Like, okay, what what, you, what the fuck are you telling me? Can you me? define organic? Yeah. What does that yeah. mean? Do you it's know like, what that means? Or are you just saying a word that you think makes you look like a better person? Right. Right. It's like, oh, gluten. It's like, do you know what gluten is? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, do you know, it's like, do you really know what free range means or right. grass, fre- grass, grass fed, fed or, yeah. you know, nor hormone, uh, no hormone. Uh, my girlfriend, she's, uh, you know, very, very, you know, healthy eating, very fit and, uh, is getting me on the kick too. And like teaches me this stuff, like taught me how to read a label uh-huh. on food. And I'm like, Oh, holy crap. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. It's, it's good stuff when you actually, when you take time to do the research Things, you know, things just kind of pop out and it's, it's kind of nice that way when you have, because we have the internet and all that, it's easy, it's easy to do research, but it's also very easy to get thrown astray with mm. like, you know, I, I usually only read things that end in like .edu org. See, I'm the opposite. I go right to the creationist forum. I want to know how those motherfuckers are thinking. <laughs> I, I know how they think. That's. Have you seen my Twitter feed? That's nine times out of ten. All I'm doing is debating debating evolution with. Creationists. Do you really? Yeah. Oh, I, I need to link your Twitter. Yeah. What's your Twitter? At tattoos and bones. Really? Yep. That's hilarious. I've been tweeting you like the last two days, man. Wow, oh, dude. Welcome to the club. There's a lot of fucking people out there on the <laughs> internet. There's a lot of humans. Are there? Oh, yeah. Man, at tattoos that. and bones. Yeah. A N D bones, one A-N-D, word. A N D, yeah. All right, but yeah, and like people are, I, I get that a lot because I go to Siberia. I, I, you know, with with mammoth unearthed, and I dig up a woolly mammoth carcass, and I'm telling people about it, and like occasionally I'll throw like a picture up on Twitter because we filmed it last year, and it's just debuting on Sunday, and then people are like, oh well, look, you found. You found that animal. It's frozen. It's proof that the world's only 6,000 years old. I'm like, oh, don't even start. <laughs> yeah. Those or are the best. Or there's gaps in the fossil record and, you know, things like that. And it's just like, please just do your research. Maybe you just need to talk to Kirk Cameron. You know, you're talking a lot of shit, but you don't really know until you sit down with Kirk Cameron. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen yeah. his buddy that shows that banana is proof of evolution? That this, would be Ray Comfort. Yes, this dumb yeah. fuck who doesn't even understand that we changed the way bananas mm-hmm. look. <laughs> like oh, this yeah. guy, he calls the banana an atheist nightmare. Have you seen yeah. that video? Yeah. It's beautiful, man. Yeah. I'm sorry. That video is beautiful. Oh, That's, it, yeah. It's and him and Dwayne Gish and the Gish Gallop where you're just like throwing a word salad at somebody it's mm-hmm. like oh well evolution isn't true because blah, 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 blah. right it's like dude shut up they're all just gay that's what it is <laughs> that's that's fine but, I'm, like, I'm, but embrace it, it no it's great nothing yeah. wrong with being gay but i really believe that that's what's going on with most of those guys they're the reason why they're so hog wild for jesus like kirk cameron that's a gay man I'm, I'm not a gay man, but I'm pretty good at spotting some things in this life. I know what a gay man looks like. I don't know what all gay men look like. I've been fooled before. But you know what I'm saying? It's like uh, you, you put a fucking lizard outfit on a dog. I'm going to go, hmm, something's up with that lizard. What is this? That's him with the yeah. banana? Oh, yeah. that's There it is. Yeah, peeling yeah, it. Yep. Oh, wow, goof, man. Goof bag. He doesn't even, but he never even bothered doing the work to understand that we used to have different looking fucking bananas yeah within uh, you know like the within the written human record 
Like that yeah. ain't that long ago, stupid. Yeah, it's uh, and and somebody brought. I think once somebody brought him an actual uh, non like an original natural banana, and he was like, "What's that? It's a banana." You dumb fuck. Yeah, it's like <laughs> sorry because <laughs> he doesn't need that part of his brain. Is all just for fighting off cock, fighting <laughs> off the love of the cock. So he puts that. Just I don't have any room for that. <laughs> I can't do that kind of research. I'm busy fighting off the gay. So uh, I'll just he- sit here with this banana and just pontificate. I mean, he could if that if that if that is in any way, shape, or form a true? hypothesis true. or true. It's my thesis. Why why use such a phallic symbol? <laughs> why did he? Um, yeah, pro- for all the same reasons. Oh, I really yeah. he doesn't understand what he's doing. Oh, it's it's drawn to it. It's the transference of yeah. you know in into the symbol. So it's it's actually giving him power. It makes him feel comfortable. But the it's it's such a ridiculous proposition that God made a food that we could hold perfectly. Yeah, like what tomatoes are no good. Like why why can't I mean a fucking tomato is pretty easily held too. Like that's really stupid. Why but isn't a tomato, tomato banana shaped? Which tomato? That's true, right? Yeah, you've got cherry uh, tomatoes, cherries, hothouse grape. Mm-hmm. You know all these different mm-hmm. ones because we've, you know, modified them. Yeah, we modified them. We got involved. Mm. But that's why I really like my job. I go way before all that. Right. I'm dealing with stuff that I can pre people. Yeah, or I'm, at least pre people that had the knowledge to fuck with things. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they were still like wandering around, going, "Crap, can we kill that big furry thing?" We don't know. Maybe we'll just wait until one dies and then butcher it and like drive off the smaller animals. But it's stuff like that. It's watching, being able to be in an environment where this animal lived. Like I was in Siberia. It was it was cold. It was fucking crazy. And I'm in the land of these animals, looking out over the wastelands, like in a train, and seeing nothing but reindeer herds and wow. and the Nanette, uh, and the Nanette people. The Nanette people are reindeer herders. Yeah. And they wear reindeer leather and they make their sleds and they use mammoth ivory from mammoth tusks they find to make the buckles for their reindeer sleds. Whoa. And these are people that their culture has been doing this for 8,000 years. So I'm walking with people whose direct relatives may have actually seen mammoths. Yeah, and there's this there's this whole sequence in Mammoth on Earth where I'm hanging out with the Nanette people, drinking reindeer blood to like you know to sacrifice a reindeer to the ground so I can like find a mammoth because mammoths to them are bad juju. Mammoths are bad juju. Yeah, they have this this really. See, I'm a, I'm a scientist, and uh, it's like I'm not a theist. I'm not an atheist. I'm you know I'm not even agnostic. I'm just a scientist. I need data. So here I am with these people for a week the Nanette and I don't have my archaeologist anthropology buddy with me because he's he's on a different side of the planet at this point on the other side of Siberia still trying to find a mammoth I chase a lead going out here and that's the time I really kind of needed him because I was completely out of my element I'm with these very naturalistic shamanic animistic people and they're like well you know mammoths are bad luck they're a sign of trouble and they tell me off camera that they have this three-tiered world, that they have an upper god, the middle realm, and then the lower god. The upper god gifted the Nanette people the reindeer. The lower god is too large and too powerful to use reindeer, so he uses mammoths as herd animals and to pull his sled. When a mammoth dies, the bones fall into the middle world. If the Nanette people find them, they have to sacrifice one of their reindeer back. 
What? Yeah. So here I am surrounded by all these just very awesome, caring, hearty native people. And then they're, well, you know, we're going to have to sacrifice a reindeer in order for you to find a mammoth. Because if you find one and pull any bones out, we have to, you know. So do you have to compensate them for their caribou when that happens? No, no, they, they did it. They were very welcoming. Like I'm hanging out in their tent. But like if you you find a mammoth and then they have to sacrifice one of their reindeer or caribou. Oh, they killed the, they killed the caribou before that. But do you eat it or Uh, do they, do they have to sacrifice? Do they have to leave it in the ground? No, no, they, they ate it. But, um, so it doesn't go to waste. It doesn't go to waste, but then they pass around the cup of blood and they make everybody drink. Oh, including me. What does that taste like? Like, like you get punched in the mouth and you know, you're swallowing blood. It's just, it's blood. Um, but the fact that I'm watching the animal get butchered in front of me and it's not there, this wouldn't be some like, you know, modern weird ritualistic thing with like people wearing like nitrile gloves and it's Mm -hmm. very clean. No, it's just like, nope, slit the animal open, go throw the organs over there and then take this metal coffee cup with like a blue and pink daisy print on it, dip it into the chest cavity Whoa. And pass it around. Holla. It's still steaming. I mean, the animal had just died 45 seconds ago. Did you touch, have you ever touched the inside of one of those animals, like right after they died? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're so warm. Yeah. yeah the, the blood was steaming. Like, I'm holding this, it's like yeah. coffee cup, steaming, full of blood. And I'm just like, and I had a head cold at the time. I'm just like, oh, well, if we'll cure the common cold, why not? And I just chug it. Did it do anything to you? Uh, no, it kind of, it felt like I was sucking on a whole bunch of like copper pennies. What if you got a raging hard on? Would you, would you immediately like call your friends and go, listen, um, I think I'm onto something or would you uh, keep it to yourself? Hmm. I might keep it to myself. Really? Actually. How dare you? You're a yeah. scientist. Well, I, you owe the world. No, I have to test it first. Okay. So you just Before. keep yeah, all, all, Trevor's all, just wandering around Russia with hard-ons all the time. Like, what's he doing? <laughs> Next stop, St. Petersburg. Come here. I'm not sure. Oh, wow. Still not convinced. Give wow. me another gallon of that I was, shit. I was totally doing, like, the Bill Hicks goat boy voice there for a moment. It's like Very similar. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm Mammoth Boy. <laughs> <laughs> That's the sound. So when you're finding these animals, uh, you, you said... There were some that were exist that existed four thousand plus years ago. Mm-hmm. What? How old are the ones that you find? Like when you found this one that is in, in, essentially like you're, you're finding the actual body of this thing that you feel the tissue and mm-hmm. the hairs on it. How old? How old was that animal? Like, About forty thousand years old. Whoa! Yeah. So before humans had ever stepped foot on wow. on North America, you know. Uh, 10,000 years after native Aboriginal people came to, uh, came to Australia. Uh, like we're, it's like, that's a stupid long amount of time. Yeah. We can't really get that into our brain. Can we? No, no. The, even, even as somebody that works in what we call deep time, like I'm, I'm working a site right now that can be, you know, 30, 40,000 years old, but I just came from a site that was seven, 8 million years old. Million, millions of years. Continents were in different places. Yeah, that's too I mean, far. It's like there was a land bridge between Asia and and Alaska, the Bering Sea land bridge that these mammoths cruised over 40,000 years ago. Ice was different. 65 million years ago, India wasn't part of Asia. It hit it, causing a bunch of volcanoes, and a comet came in, an asteroid 
and hit South America and wiped out the dinosaurs. Like stuff's in different places, man. Yeah. It's like, like the rocks you hold, depending on where you are, some of them are four and five billion years old. They're as old as the earth itself. They were formed when the solar system was forming. It's kind of messed up to think about. It's almost impossible. Yeah. As like a point of reference in your little pea brain, a yeah. little monkey brains. It's like you think, trying to think of what absolute zero is, you know, it's like what true nothingness, the, the concept of zero is very difficult because I mean, everyone's like, oh, you know, I take the coffee, coffee cup away. I have zero coffee. But think about that. Think about zero coffee cup. There's zero. There's none. It's like trying to remove an entirety of something. That is nothingness. Then go beyond that. Well, I was listening to a lecture on the Big Bang where it was explaining the concept of a pre-Big Bang universe, which apparently they believe only existed for the amount of time that it takes light to get like across a photon mm -hmm. like or, yeah. or, or across an atom like like literally like an almost immeasurably short amount of time where there was no physics yeah it was and just it was a singularity it's just like yeah and this when this guy was trying to explain this i rewound it and played it back and forth like fucking four times in a row and i'm like ooh, i'm too stupid I'm too stupid to get that in. Like, I'm trying to conceptualize the idea of this. And then I'm like, okay, well, what happened before that? No one knows. No, no one knows. I no. mean, even, even, uh, and that's, that's the thing. Working, working in a hard physical science like I do, we have radiometric dating. We have geology. We have biology. We have all this stuff that tells us how old this mammoth is, what it did, what it's related to. We can do G DNA mapping and all of that. We can see the evolutionary paths of these animals. But then you get into, well, how did life on Earth start? Abiogenesis. You know, it's like, whoa, okay, bacteria and RNA and lightning strikes and weird um, things. And you mean Jesus? Um, <laughs> do you mean Jesus? Well, no, Jesus came you? after. Um, God first, God was, he was always here. Uh, yeah, yeah. If he's you like, know, um, it's, yeah. It's um, his plan. It's part of the Lord's plan. <clears throat> I would have to see empirical data on that. Oh, wow. How dare you? <laughs> so when you're finding these, when you're finding these uh, woolly mammoths, is this just luck or does someone alert you to the fact that they found one and then you go? We had to use kind of, kind of the scary bit, which is the tusk hunters themselves. Oh, so, wow. So tusk hunting is legal, kind of. So there's X amount of permits that are released by the Russian government for people to go and look for tusks. One guy that we ran into, his name's Igor, of, of course. Of course. They're always named Igor. It's a cool fucking um, name. I, right? Um, and he was a cool, he was cool dude. He was like the river baron. He had the biggest boat, the fastest boat, and the biggest gun on the entire Yana River. So The biggest gun? Yeah. It's like a 50 caliber, like a Barrett sniper rifle. Really? Yeah. Wow. Or it's the, the fuck was he shooting? The Soviet version of it, which I think is the Dragunov. Um, uh, but he's like, he's the boss of that area. He has a permit, but there are other people in the area that don't have a tusk permit that try and go and poach tusks because they can sell them on the black market. It's not more like the gray market. You have to have a permit to mm -hmm. get a tusk. So yeah. if you're a guy and you live in Siberia and you're in your backyard and you're digging a hole and you find a tusk... You can't just take that tusk. Nope. Huh. No, there's no such thing as land and mineral rights there. It's oh, not like okay. Montana or anything. So what do you do? 
you, you have to like pretend. Oh, just thinking about maybe getting a Tusk license. You know, whatever. Yeah. You know, you, you have to pretend you don't have a hundred thousand dollars worth of shit. Right. Or you find somebody that does have a permit, or you sell it on the black market. Um, but okay. these people, since they go out with, right when the snow starts to melt, right when the permafrost starts to get uh, starts to get weaker, they go in and they drill in and dig into these cliff sides. They know where all of the big finds are first. So. Uh, Tim and I had to get in well with this kind of weird gray hat semi mob scene of Tusk Hunters. And here's like two American dudes walking in, you know, one's dressed as Indiana Jones, one's dressed as a biker coming in going, hey, do you know where any mammoths are? And they're looking at us like, yeah, you're wealthy American dude. Um, we don't really want to tell you because you're going to take the tusks away and this is our entire commodity. So we had to really be nice to them and really be very, very deferring because we heard a few times that some of these tusk bosses, the, the big guys kind of like Igor, there was a group that went in to poach him. One got sent home in a box. They killed him. Yeah. Because he was poaching. Yeah. Whoa. In like one dude's area. So we're, we're dealing with serious people. Like we're walking through parts of, you know, Nowheresville, northeastern Siberia, past you know, cars that like with bullet holes in them, and this is like it's not the Wild West; it's the Wild East. It's laws don't really apply in some of the places we were in. Wow! So it's just a completely different animal. Oh yeah, it's it was something I'd never, I was not prepared for so how long does the politics of like getting in with these people how long does that take for them to trust you to the point where they're going to lead you to this stuff well we we would talk uh you know we would have people talk on our behalf for a couple days and then we would go meet them we'd kind of try and butter them up and bring them vodka or some shit yeah no no better we brought them like jameson ah, and things like that but don't say better to them uh, no but better than vodka yeah <laughs> There you no man you break out you break out a bottle of jameson private reserve they go nuts really they love jameson yeah what well, about jack daniels what about a good goddamn american beverage uh, no we, no, uh, what we, the we fuck we is tried. this uh, no we tried man how we about makers makers would have been good i didn't have there wasn't any at the duty free shop because we i flew from la to london to moscow and that was so i flew from la to london spent 19 hours in london gearing up and hit a duty free shop at heathrow before we got to Moscow. So then we flew to Moscow. Then we flew something like across, I think 10 time zones to this tiny little town called Yakutsk. And once you're there, all bets are off because yeah, trying to find anything there that remotely resembles something American is, I was not ready for this. Wow. It was, it was really weird, man. So do I you mean, speak Russian or read Russian? No, I, I, kind of started uh kind of started faking it to the point I, I was there for six weeks it got to the point where you know uh uh you know like like uh thank you spasibo you know stuff like that just kind of right. started to happen i did however go on an adventure by myself no production assistance no director nothing trying to track down a pharmacy because I had like an ear infection and I'm like, okay, so I'm on Google trying to learn the words and then trying this like apteca, ap apteca. And people are like, oh, the, 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 dude, I don't understand Russian. So I'm like in a com weird combination of Google translate 
maps on on my phone and then starting to recognize how the letters work i found a pharmacy i was wow. really proud of myself how long did that take uh, about 45 minutes and it was right around the corner from the hotel so i went in like four different opposite directions and then yeah and then you have to fine ear infection medication try asking someone that doesn't speak english for hydrogen peroxide yeah what yeah. does it look like in russian too they have that wacky language yeah it's cyrillic it's all like like uh, upside down cues and all weird yeah. stuff it it's it was it was an adventure man it was absolutely an adventure i and some of them i wish were in the show but the the stuff that's in the show it's going to blow your mind. We're in ice caves. We're, we're climbing down cliffs. We're touching, physically touching the skin of a, a woolly mammoth that, that's like 40,000 years old. I'm like, I'm showing the trunk, the tusk. I'm doing a full biological study on this thing with tissue and blood. And what's the environment that you're doing this in? Uh, like, out, is it outside, outside? Outside of a permafrost cave in wow. a truck. And so do you cover this thing when you find it? Do you, like, how do you try, do you attempt to mitigate the, the damage that the sun and the, the, one, the elements? The one we finally got our hands on was discovered uh, a few months before. And it was secreted away in this weird, uh, it was like a permafrost fish locker. It's this natural cave that they store their food in. So we're, mm. we were the first Westerners to see this thing. Because it, it like it kind of made a news uh, a news uh, splash. It was like the bleeding mammoth, and everyone's like, "Oh, whoa, cool!" You know, there's a woolly mammoth. It's leaking blood, and I'm like, "I need if if we're in Siberia, I need to see this mammoth because this is like the newest and baddest mammoth. I've got to see this thing." So we go and we track it down, and we go into this this permafrost fish locker. And, and you'll see in the show, we were kind of like walking along and then we turn and there's this mammoth shaped snowball. It's covered in snow and ice, but we're the first, the, again, the first Westerners because I mean, this had, had been found by a small group of people in this tiny little fishing village called Kazachie. No one had seen it yet. So it takes, uh, you, they find it. And they then, find it, they store it and hide it away. And then how does the word finally get to the paleontologist in Los Angeles? Um, through, funny enough, through Google and Twitter and things like that, there's this big, if you search back to last May, no, it was May of, uh, May of 2012. No, it was May of 2013. Um, uh, there was the bleeding mammoth that was found. It's the Lyakovsky mammoth. The the Russians uh, that found it, one of them is a paleontologist for the Northeastern Federal University. There it is. Yeah. Check it out. That's the, the that's actual... The, that's the bleeding mammoth that was found way back then. And... Well, that looks like a rock. Right? But you're actually looking at the front uh, left leg. And uh, so it's totally frozen. Uh, it's like this rock rock hard permafrost ball at this point. So you've got the front left leg and you've got the scapula. The, uh, so the very up underneath the Discovery News logo there, that's, the, uh, that's where the mouth is. Whoa. But it's all, f you know, it's completely frozen in this little <laughs> thing. And bleeding in what way? Is the they found this goo leaking out of it or leaking out near it. And it, it took the world by storm briefly. And we're like, okay, this is weird. I'm going to Siberia. I got to check this mammoth out. It's got to be there. 
it didn't just like show up. People go, Hey, look, we've got liquid blood. Ha ha. We've got this mammoth. And then they make it disappear. It's like, screw that, man. I need to find this mammoth. If I'm kind of striking out, finding other mammoths, I've got to at least get my hands on one. And we managed to track that mammoth down. And I brought on a whole slew of just this portable lab of an endoscope, a biological microscope. I was going to see if it has blood, look at the trunk tissue, look at all this stuff and like start this mini autopsy on a mammoth body. Wow. It was a trip. I mean, you'll, you'll see it's, it's really intense, man. What's your feeling on these people that want to clone something like this because oh, this is yeah this is a real issue that we're heading into in 2014 where we actually have the capability of doing something like this where they can take some dna from some sort of a living dinosaur yeah. or living um elephant rather and figure out a way to create a mammoth i mean Pe- this, this is possible been, yeah people have been asking me this um uh, a lot uh, recently, especially since we're, you know, doing all the press for, for mammoth on earth here, they keep saying, it's like, Oh, it's like clone mammoth, clone mammoth. I, I don't believe, yes, we can probably do it. It'll probably take longer than we think. Maybe like 50, 60 years. It's not like a five, so, 10 oh, year. from now, from you, now, you think? Yeah. the way as technology advances. Right. I mean, there was a Korean geneticist team. Uh, on site while we were filming in case, uh, because they were also looking after, uh, looking for that mammoth. And I actually became really good friends with a couple of them. And we were talking at length and there it's like, yeah, it's like maybe 50, 60 years away from right now. But the problem is at least in my personal and mildly slightly professional view, it's unethical. Mm. Why bring back an animal just to kill it? Why would you kill it? It would eventually die. It's it's uh, the it it would not have a mammoth life. The mammoth steppe, the environment that it would lived in, is extinct. Mm-hmm. All other members of its species and genus, for that matter, are extinct. You could say that it was naturally selected to be to be extinct. It was gone. It didn't survive. Be it get hunted by humans or whatever the prevailing theory is right now. That animal is no longer here. If we bring back one solitary individual, how, lonely. how is that ethical? We can figure out social aspects of, of mammoths by watching their direct cousins, the elephant. You, you put a rug on an elephant. There you go. There's your woolly mammoth. Couldn't we have like an island called like Paleolithic Park? <laughs> <laughs> and have like a bunch of cloned mammoths wandering around and we have a, a nice place where you could take your family and see. Yeah, I, Look, honey, there's the mammoth. Let me tell you, man. I mean, I've been, I've helped uh, design, like use paleontology and design like life-size puppet saber-toothed cats and and stuff like that. Yeah, I would love to see a dinosaur or a mammoth or a saber-toothed cat or Archaeopteryx, you know, some amazing, awesome fossil. But these things are gone and it's more than just that the animal is no longer living. The environment it lived in is no longer there. We're not exactly sure what it ate. If we can pin down the exact grasses and everything that a woolly mammoth ate, what if they're extinct in the wild now? We can't feed it what it would normally eat. 
Make it eat fucking TV dinners. Who gives a shit if I can <laughs> look a at mammoth, the damn thing? Yeah. You can. They're frozen. There's frozen carcasses that pop out of the ice. Go check them out, man. I, I completely see your point. I totally yeah. understand. I'm only fucking around. But, oh, no worries. But the reality is, I, if someone cloned a fucking dinosaur, I'm there. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm uh, there, I'm, man. Absolutely. With I, bells on. I want to see wanna, that shit. I want to be that, that cliche moment of Dr. Grant, Jurassic Park, like mm-hmm. falling out of the Jeep and like knocking his sunglasses off and going like, Holy crap, that's yeah. a brachiosaur. Um, I want to see the T-Rex steal the goat from the rope. Right, right. <laughs> I want to be there. I want to <laughs> chokes that thing down. Uh, just, but just have a bunch of Marines standing by with giant guns. Like, <laughs> bitch, you move. You make one bad move. It's over, dinosaur fuckface. I could, yeah, it, the, the idea of that would be awesome. I mean, <laughs> the idea it, of it. The idea of it. I mean... If, when it comes to a T-Rex, you're dealing with a 40-foot-long animal that had 10,000-plus pounds of force per bite. And, and Jesus rode it around 6,000 right, years yeah, ago. Yeah, 6,000 years ago. Um, it was, I think it was, a la- yeah, 6,000 years ago with Thursday. <laughs> Funny, I think it was like Thursday, October 23rd. Ha! Huh? 6,000 years, years ago. It's like it's the anniversary of Jesus riding the Velociraptor mm-hmm. in, uh, yeah. from Galilee right now. Um <laughs> It seems inevitable, though, that some someone's going to do something along these lines. Like, I agree with you that it's probably not ethical to clone a mammoth, but when you start collecting things like blood, you have like like real genetic tissue. Uh, if there was any blood left, we would. The there wasn't pro- any blood. No, the problem no? with the problem with uh, the same thing that would that happens to a mammoth is the same thing if I put like you know myself in permafrost or you anybody. It doesn't matter how fit you are how uh, adapted to the environment you are anything like that when a mammal cell freezes all the liquid inside freezes and the uh the ice crystals form and shatter the cell wall leaking out all of the genetic material into this soup Uh. so you need an intact cell with a complete nucleus in order to even begin thinking about cloning Really? Yeah. That's fascinating. Do so you, 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 we have the woolly mammoth genome, but we don't have the genetic information from a single individual to actually begin cloning. Oh, so that's why it would be like 40 or 50 years yeah, from now? Yeah, because the, then the we technology need, is just not quite at that level yet. And we don't have the evidence yet. We don't have the physical requirement of mammoth DNA. So when you're finding this goo, what exactly is it? Is this ex- exploded cells? Yeah, it's exploded cells. It's like... Um, it's like uh, Blood, like hemoglobin-stained tissue and melted. Um, it's it, the same thing that would happen if you like put a steak in a deep freezer for a year and then take it out and let it sit on your counter for overnight. It just turns into this just cellular goo. It's, it's a steak in a deep freezer turns into goo. What do you mean? Yeah, if you let it after you thaw it out. It just starts to decompose. After how long are you talking about? Uh, you know, usually, like you know, a couple days. Start, you know, just leave it out at room temperature. It's kind of bad. But isn't that's different than a regular piece of meat that you leave out in room, room no. temperature? No, no. It's, uh, okay. Well, yeah, actually, it is. If once once the cells once they get cold enough to burst, there will still be cohesion. You'll still have like muscle tissue, but it'll start to leak out and be kind of gross. Mm. And it kind of starts to, uh, well, at least when it comes to the mammoth, it starts to smell like a barnyard, a really bad one. Because after all the ice, so we're, we're checking it every, uh, every couple minutes and every hour or so with a thermal scanner. And at first it was all nice and solid and hard. And we drilled a couple holes through the tissue when it was hard in order to take core samples and look at muscle tissue. 
And then we noticed this goo, which is a combination of cellular material and water, you know, melting ice, mud, what's left of blood, and just gross starting to seep out of the holes. And yeah, it's it's kind of disgusting. It's pretty wild, though, to think yeah. that you're actually getting a liquid from this animal that was exist that existed forty thousand years ago. Yeah, wow. It's it kind of messes with your head. I mean, even it was we filmed it last year, and it's just it's airing on Sunday. And just the thing about it is like, no, this time last year I was still recovering from like poking a mammoth. Recovering, yeah, just mentally recovering. Oh, I see. Yeah, it was just like it's like no, I didn't get some like mammoth super flu or anything like which would be cool. That is something to think about, right? Like, yes. Is it possible that bacteria Maybe. or some diseases could survive? Bacteria and viri and all that—they're much hardier than a human cell is. I know so. they're tricking. There's some. There's some uh, strains of trichinosis that can survive a deep freeze. Mm -hmm. Like they say that some strains of trichinosis uh, you can get from uh, something that's been frozen for like years. Like mm -hmm. if you take a piece of meat from an animal that has trichinosis yeah. and freeze, freeze it for a couple it. years, yeah. thaw it out and cook it, if you don't cook it to 160 degrees, yeah. you can get trichinosis, yeah. which is insane. That yeah. means those larvae survived deep freeze for years. Yeah. What the fuck, man? It's there. It's that's, that's evolution that right there. That's like, nope, you know, we're going to, we're going to hang out and, and be hardy and just, you know, the the weaker ones die. Nature's scary, dude. Yeah, nature's totally scary. That's why it's scary to clone a mammoth, right? Because who knows what you would, what kind of fucking crazy new plague. I think think uh, what is it? Jurassic Park two. The T Rex goes and destroys San Diego. Mm -hmm. I mean, all of a sudden we have like a rampant woolly mammoth like tearing apart, you know, downtown Seoul. I mean, they'd shoot that shit so quick. Yeah, true. It's, this is I mean, they're big. Fourteen. Yeah. Light that fucker up like a Christmas tree, <laughs> and then we'd all have mammoth steaks. Mm. I wanted to actually try a piece of the meat from the mammoth. To but eat? Yeah, they wouldn't let me. You really wanted to eat I a really piece? I really wanted to try it, yeah. Why would you do that? Why not? Because it's 40,000 years old and you could just have a sandwich instead. I'm already <laughs> I'm already doing the once-in-a-lifetime thing. Right, but why do people have to... If I, everybody has to fucking... Well, I have to take it into my body. Well, at, I, come on. I already... At this point, it's... I'd had... You know, I've been finding mammoth bones. I've been drinking reindeer blood. I right. mean, come on. At You're the, a barbarian at this point. Uh, yeah. It's Might as well be like, wearing, like, leather underwear. Yeah. No, I, I, I still, the parka actually still smells like mammoth now that I, now that you mentioned that. Really? Yeah. Do you, I wouldn't wash it either. Why would you I, wash your I parka? I kind of don't, well, I mean, you don't want to. It's a it sim smells like an animal that lived 40,000 years ago. That's right. pretty damn cool. Right. Wow. So is this the ultimate for you to be able to find this, this animal, this yeah. woolly mammoth carcass? It, it really was. I mean, it was an absolute dream come to, I mean, you'll, you know, you'll see in the show. And it's and this I, Sunday I, night it airs. Yeah. It's uh so it airs, it's, it headlines national, the national geographic, uh, um, I can already hear it in my head. It's like, don't mess up the name. <laughs> it's like, I'm bad at my own press. It airs uh, Sunday night, uh, 8 p.m. Eastern Pacific, as it headlines the National Geographic Channel's Day of Expedition Marathon. It's, yeah, it's a two-hour documentary. And, uh, yeah, Nat Geo Channel, Sunday the 26th at 8 p.m. And if you're in L.A., though, you can see it two days early. Why is that? Because I'm throwing a party at my friend's bar. Oh, shit. A mammoth party. <laughs> mammoth party. When, what day is this? Uh, Friday night, 8, 8.30. Damn it. 
I'm are not you? gonna be here. Fucker. Oh, really? Bummer, man. Yeah, I would love to come to your mammoth party. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it, we're gonna put it up on the. Yeah, it's my friend's bar. It's in East Hollywood. It's the faculty. Okay, plug. And, powerful plug for the factory pa- faculty powerful plug for the faculty there and 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 the the preview party east la uh, east hollywood said? east hollywood yeah is that technically like silver lake is uh, that the new way of saying silver lake well, no you, we're, you we're appear east, to be Hol- a east hollywood we're in this weird little it's it's this bizarre place where we're not quite los Feliz, we're not quite silver lake and echo park and we're not quite koreatown you should just run out there and buy real estate for east hollywood right now just because the fact that you've said that it's kind of like this cool new spot people are like Jeez, that's the new place yeah and they'll I, fucking mad scramble to buy real estate in east hollywood yeah i've been there for three years now and you can create uh, a market but it's weirdly enough, it's already starting to do it. Of course, because it's like there's the hip, like you know, craft beer wine place that that my friends got, and then like the boutique ice cream, the tattoo mm-hmm. shop, the CrossFit place. You know, it's just like in this one corner. I love that area. Yeah, I love Los Feliz. I love Silver Lake. I, I don't live there, but my buddy Duncan does. And I, whenever I go to visit him, we walk around his neighborhood. I'm like, dude, this is the weirdest part of L.A. Yeah, it's this, like this is a uh, Melrose in Vermont. Melrose in Vermont, Melrose in Heliotrope right there. Wow. Yeah, it's a great, weird little, like, it's like a boutique antique shop. Mm-hmm. Really? It's like three blocks down, somebody just got shot. This is <laughs> bizarre. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's it's crazy. Oh, that sucks, man. That'd be rad if you could have come. Mm, but, oh, cannot well. do, my friend. Oh, cannot no do. It does sound pretty badass, though. Yeah. So, Beer, um, wine, mammoth. You know, now that you've done this, what what's next for you? I mean, this is essentially the ultimate for you. So uh, yeah, I I mean I found a woolly mammoth. Uh, well, one, I went to northeastern Siberia, where very few American paleontologists ever go. I'm one of the few people to actually touch and interact with a actual like woolly mammoth carcass. It's kind of it is right now. It is the ultimate for me. But man, I don't know what's next. And like, how can I top that other than? like digging out a tyrannosaur in the middle of Montana or there is a lot of that in Montana, right? Yeah. Montana's a huge, it's, uh, because there was like, uh, it's called the Western interior seaway. It connected the great lakes and the Gulf of Mexico. Um, that's why Kansas and all that, that's all good farmland. It's because it was underwater. So Montana, Utah, all that, they were, they were swampy areas. Yeah, so, I've been to the area, uh, the Badlands in Montana, yeah, in those yeah. mountains where you're walking around on silt. Yeah. The mountains are covered with what was essentially at the bottom of the Great Western Inland Sea. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the Dakotas, uh, all that. Uh, they find cell- shells up there. Yeah. Like seashells. Yeah. Which is just like, what the fuck? My, my coworker at S- uh, SWCA, Lee, he's like a tried and true Montana paleontologist. He's had his hand in more T-Rex skeletons than anybody I know. Wow. He's, he's, a, he's a really cool dude. And, uh, do they find megalodons in Montana as well? N- ooh, I don't know. They do in Bakersfield. Bakersfield, California. Yeah. Wow. Like just up north. Yeah. Yeah, there's actually a place called Shark's Tooth Hill because they found, uh, they found meg-, meg Tooth there. Wow. Yeah. Chile. Um, there's ones uh, out in the Carolinas and Georgia and Florida, uh, all over the place. Yeah, they're they're fantastic, man. How much does it piss you off when you see those shows where they pretend that they have footage of a megalodon? 
those have you seen that goofy shit where they, they actually I, have fake photos from like world war two i purposely don't watch them because then my blood sugar goes up and i probably end up doing a twitter tirade and my girlfriend would get mad at me and why would she get mad at you for a twitter tirade oh because there was one time i think in like two days i i did like over a thousand tweets just like debating people <laughs> It's just because it uh, it becomes all focused. I'm I'm just you know my my brain's kind of wired different than than a lot of people. I will just focus and nitpick and just go nuts. And she's just like you know you could be doing I I'm not going to scroll through hundreds of tweets. It's like what's going on? I'm like oh I I was making a point. He was saying there were gaps in the fossil record and yeah. Oh, is it one of those dudes who one of evolutionary those, yeah, yeah yeah deniers yeah. Yeah, that's uh, unfortunately incredibly common, but I, yeah, I've uh, unfortunately I, incredibly common in the U.S. Not in other places. No, really? No, we're one of the highest rates of evolution denial and science denial in the entire world. What do you attribute that to? Um, corn, <laughs> GMO corn. Is that what it is? It's Monsanto. It's chemtrails. It's no, could I'm be not, chemtrails. I'm not even gonna get started on all that, man. <laughs> um, again, I'm a scientist. I need data. Um, I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's, it's freedom. It's, it's actual freedom. It's you know, the freedom to believe it's the freedom to have faith. It's, it's great. It's a great thing to have. It's a great thing to question. I don't knock that. I don't knock religions. I don't knock. I have a lot of people that are religious. I have a lot of people that are atheists that are all good friends of mine. I do not in any way, shape or form care what you believe. Just keep it out of my science. Mm. Don't, don't tell me that, you know, 300 years of geology is wrong. Don't tell me that I'm effectively lying to the public. You are lying say, to the public. Do yeah. you know that the earth is 6,000 years old? Exactly. Exactly, man. They had a recent Gallup poll uh, that was some something insane, like 46% mm -hmm. of Americans believe that the earth yeah. is less than 10,000 years old. Yeah. Yeah, 10,000 years or less or something like that. Yeah. That hurts. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that directly flies into my entire way of thought feeling and all of that and yes i let it be instead of just like you know putting my blinders on and going through just like do 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 that's cool yeah but just keep it out of my science i, I kind of feel like that's the last crazy gasp of uh this this sort of uh science denial i feel like this what we're experiencing right now is the last crazy gasp of it as we we're, we're we're in this incredible age of information but i believe that even what we're experiencing right now will pale in comparison to the access to data that we'll have in just 20 or 30 years yeah. that it'll be something symbiotic some some chip or something you have in your brain oh, wetware yeah, yeah it'll almost be impossible to deny because we kind of have like a symbiotic connection with technology i mean you essentially everyone feels lost without their phone you put on glasses what is glasses it's technology that's allowing you to see when you exactly. really can't see that good exactly there's going to be something that's going to be better than glasses we do have it's called contact lenses okay now it's on mm -hmm. my eyeball now well we LASIK. can actually imprint yeah. something in your eyeball and it's permanent and you never have to worry about it breaking and it's a simple procedure okay we'll do it mm -hmm. okay your memory sucks so what we're going to do is we're going to give you a chip and we're going to, all your memories will now be stored on your chip. You'll be able to plug in and send them to your friends. Okay, is it painful? No, no, no. You don't feel a thing. Okay, we'll do that. And then boom, 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 boom. And it's going to get to a point where they're 6,000 years old. No, it's not, fuckface. Come here. Yeah. Come over here. Boom. I'm going to show you the actual evolution of the earth itself. You'll be able to see in the next 10 minutes how we've proven that. Yeah. I think, I think it's the last gasp. 
of the science denialism that we see right now. I think it's the last gasp. I, I kind of hope so. And I think uh, within a hundred years it's going to be over. That'd be, that would that would be rad. Um, that Don't, would be really rad. It seems like it has to be. It, it no, it it doesn't seem like it has to be. It needs to be. Yeah, it needs to be because that's what's holding us back as a species. Is it's like personal beliefs. I just read this fantastic article on, on the difference between belief, where somebody says, "I believe in I believe the Earth is four and a half billion years old," or "I believe it's six thousand years old." One is I believe factually that the earth is four and a half billion. It's like, I believe I have faith in, we need to figure out how to keep those both within the public thought, both within the idea that it's perfectly okay to have these sorts of beliefs, but science doesn't impact religion. We are not out to kill God or anything like that. We're just out to ask questions. Boy, the way you said that, it makes me think you want to kill God. No, I don't. I don't care. Right I, I don't care. It's completely irrelevant. You, know, you cannot disprove an unprovable. <laughs> it's there. Why? Why even? Bo- why waste the right. time? Well, it's, it's just, like, folks, I think the existential angst that comes along with being a human being is very difficult oh. to manage. And there's a lot of people that look for all sorts of tools and vehicles for distributing their just the anxiety of being alive right and they take comfort in some strange things like i've had these conversations with people before where they defend religion by the fact that it gives people comfort and like okay that's all well and good man but you know well think about how many great people have been christian and great people have believed in that's all well and good but it doesn't mean anything what the reality of what we can measure, what we can prove, what we can show, and what we've learned, if that is in any way impacted by these people who believe things, if it's hindered, retarded, slowed down, diverted in any way, then those belief systems are fucking dangerous because yeah. they're confusing and they get in the way of our understanding. As much as we know now, we know an incredible amount. It's still an unbelievably limited amount of information we right. have in comparison oh. to what's actually out there for us to discover. And and we have uh, an, just an immeasurable amount of competing data, too, mm-hmm. which is kind of the problem. It's having competing data is fine. Having data that is completely thrown together with confirmation bias and oh no it has to be this because i don't like that it's like just let the method do its job let science let science is a tool you don't when when you break a hammer you you bitch at the tool but it's your fault that you didn't see the crack or anything like that in it science is the tool use the tool the way it's the way it's supposed to be used let it test things let it do that it it doesn't mean it doesn't have any malice the nice thing is, you know what? If you're wrong, that's rad. Because if you're wrong, that means you can come up with a whole new idea of cool shit to do. You found some new stuff. Yeah. You, th- having a negative is a positive. Having a negative result means that it's something else, which is cool. It's an unanswered question. If you answer the question, cool. Refine it. Make it better. Again, personal beliefs are fucking rad man if it makes you a better person and it's another tool in your basket to use whether it's digging up a mammoth or finding the cure for cancer by all means please use it 
Just don't bring it into science. Don't have confirmation bias. Don't do, you know, oh, we, we, can't, uh, we can't believe that because the earth is only 6,000 years old. Why are you doing that? Why are you going against hundreds of years of geology and science and technology and all of this stuff that we've already unlocked? Because they're dopes. That's the problem. It's playing dopes. There's something. It's easy to be a dum dum. We got a, a real cushy life. It's easy to know? be negative, and it's easy to yeah. It's easy to be stupid. Yeah, those are two really easy things to be. Yeah. Oh, I'm always negative. Oddly enough. Are you? Yeah. Well, the I'm, Twitter rants, thousand tweets in a day. Yeah. I want to go outside, dude. Yeah. Uh, no, but I'm usually outside. That's the thing. <laughs> That's I'm, true. I'm right? at work. It's slow. I'm waiting for the excavator. It blew a hydraulic line, and I'm just like do 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 do. Oh, you motherfucker. <sighs> And then you just go off on a... Yeah, and then, you know, I make my point, and then they come back. I'm like, no, you're not getting it. And then I make my point again, and then they come back. I'm like, no, you're still not getting it. Here's a 43-page PDF on 55 million years of horse evolution. Oh, it's all the same kind. Do you think, no, it's not. Do you think that you're being trolled ever? Do you think people oh, recognize that you do this? Well, kind of, because I follow a few accounts uh, that actually purposely retweet them. They retweet the stupid. On purpose. On purpose. Just like to start. Yeah. If if man came from monkeys, why are there still monkeys? That's my thing. That's what I always tell people. Because <laughs> we, we didn't come from monkeys, man. Bro, you don't even Bro. know. Right. Right. Okay. Now you see if uh, whoa. Um. Yeah. It's like take that Darwin ret- mm-hmm. retweets that question. That's all he does, and he gets into debates. And it's like that's okay. I'll follow that. And Someone like, says, take that Darwin. No, that that's the account. Take that Darwin. Oh, that's funny. I, yeah, need, to, I and, need to check that out. And then there's also like theory fail. Theory fail? Yeah, when people say evolution is fake because it's just a theory. Oh, that's great. It's like theory is the biggest thing ever I've in science. I've actually heard intelligent people who are educated biologists being referred to as non-Darwinists. Or they believe in a non-Darwinian form of, of evolution. What what other potential forms of evolution are there, or what or are hypothesized? What's I'm, the error that people believe? I that I'm not that sure on. To be honest, I I've I've never heard that a non-Darwin a yeah. neo-Darwinist or no, a non-Darwin, non-Darwinian. I've never never heard that. Really? Yeah. Maybe I'm just hanging out with idiots. Non-Darwinian evolution. I'll Google it. Yeah, it's uh, scholarly articles for non-Darwinian evolution. Oh, wow. Uh, um, scientific paper written by Jack Lester King, Thomas H. Dukes, published in 1969. It's credited along with uh, Motu Kimura's 1968 paper, Evolutionary Rate of the Molecular Level, at the Molecular Level, proposing... Huh. What became known as the neutral theory of molecular evolution paper brings together a wide variety of evidence ranging from protein sequence comparisons to studies of the Treffer's mutator gene and E. coli. Treffer's mutator gene? Cool. (laughs) Treffer's, two Fs. Um, uh, analysis of the genetic blah 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 blah. Can you blah. tweet me that link so I can check that later? Yeah, sure. Like after Definitely. All these other yeah. interviews that I'm doing today. Yeah. Oh man. Who else are you doing today? Um, Mary Lou Henner. Mary Lou Henner. Yeah. Is she like a gymnast or something? No, the the actress. Um, she was on Taxi. Oh, Mary Lou Henner. Yeah. Oh, the the redheaded lady. Yeah, yeah, and she. Uh, it's really cool. Uh, yeah, she has a. Uh, She's supposed a, to be a genius. 
uh, she she has a photograph like a bizarre yeah. amazing awesome photographic memory well she like, can remember the very day the time like of yeah. like 1979 yeah. i was you know in my living room it was 12 p.m and this happened and yeah yeah and and weirdly in this big grand synthesis of the world she filmed a movie in my girlfriend's old home in toronto like in 94 and has a signed headshot. My girlfriend has a signed headshot from Mary Lou Henner. So like, wow. Yeah. And I'm going to ask her, I'm going to like, Hey, do you remember like this, this, this house in Toronto? I bet she does. And she'll probably like, Oh yeah. And the, it was near a thing with that. And the wallpaper was this mm-hmm. color, which was kind of like ecru. And it's just like, Whoa. And she's I, a very rare example. Of yeah. That, right? Extremely, extremely. I actually think I got to be bugging off to get to that. Where is it? Oh, Does she have a podcast or something? Um, what is it? It's syndicated radio. Um, Mary Lou Henner is a syndicated radio show. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. What's, the, what's the subjects about? Uh, anything she wants. No kidding. Yeah. Well, how it's, come I don't uh, know about that? It's Mary Lou. Sh- uh, yeah. On Twitter, it's at Mary Lou show. Well, I, I saw her interviewed once and I was like, wow, she's surprisingly intelligent. Yeah. And that whole photographic memory thing. Right. That's a bummer if you date her though. You know, you can't say, you, you say, didn't yeah. say that. You go, oh, oh, yes, fuck, you yes, did. I yeah, did. It was, and the, the resident, yeah. The, yeah, the relative humidity was 83% <laughs> and it was, oh, crap. Okay, man. Cool. Well, listen, thank you very much for uh, coming on here. If you got to go see Mary Lowe, I totally understand. Right on. Um, this, is, this is amazing. Tattoos and Bones yep. on Twitter. You can follow him on Twitter. And this Sunday? Yeah, exp- this Sunday. What, eight, what time? 8 p.m. on the National Geographic Channel, Mammoth Unearthed. Listen, dude, I'm so happy there's people like you out there doing that. It's Thanks, so man. cool to be able to uh, like enjoy the fruits of your labor and just take in this information, Thanks. knowledge, and yeah, I'm looking out. forward to your show. Thanks, man. Check out museums. Get out there. Anyone can do my job, to be honest. No, that's not true. Yeah, you have to You have to be into it. No, I'll take you out camping. We'll find fossils. It'll be fine. Oh, I know how that works. No, not like that. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, with Ray, with Ray Comfort's banana. There we go. Trevor Valle, ladies and gentlemen. That's how you say it if you want to be cool. Thank you, brother. I really appreciate it. Thanks, that was Chief. awesome. This is amazing.